This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Entrepreneurs Get Visible, which I am delivering live over on StreamYard, on Facebook and LinkedIn. And of course, for those of you listening on the podcast apps, Today, what we're talking about is why you need to make sure that you're content planning and you are creating great content. And the best person that I could possibly bring on to discuss this with you is Janet Murray. So those of you who don't know Janet Murray, she is the lady who, in the particularly in the UK, but, but also with lots of global opportunities as well, the person who's most known for talking about brilliant content creation. And actually, Janet creates, every year you create a social media planner to help you plan out that whole year, which we're going to talk about how to use that, what it does and why you need to be doing it. So thank you so much for coming on today, Janet. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So let's let's talk about this then. Why do people make so many mistakes with their content? What do you think goes wrong for people? I think that we're all really good at creating content naturally, I think, because we, we create content for each other like all the time. We tell each other stories and we entertain each other and we engage each other by sharing content. We do that naturally. But I think it's something, it's a little bit like when you put a microphone in, some, in front of somebody or you put somebody on camera and suddenly the things that are really easy to say suddenly become really difficult. We become stilted. We become boring. and it's actually, not fluid. And actually that's what happens with a lot of people's content. It's as soon as you say it's for business and it's to promote your business, people suddenly become these really boring people, like people who were previously entertaining and engaging suddenly become the most boring people in the world. And I often say that actually the content that does well on your personal Facebook, the kind of content that you share with your friends that entertains people, engages people, that's actually more close to what you should be creating in your business content, which sounds a bit crazy if you're not used to it. But actually, what a lot of people do is they suddenly become this stilted, boring, serious person who talks about things that people aren't interested in. And, and really cool. generic, I think. Yeah. You see people creating posts or quotes that are so generic, anyone could have written it. You think, well, that's not going to get you any engagement. So are you then saying that people should be really vulnerable and share their warts and all? Is that what you're asking people to do? No. So, I mean, I think there is a place for being vulnerable and I think as human beings as well as telling stories and sharing stories we also really value connection so we really value it when people are open and honest and they share with us that things aren't perfect in their life then that's great but I think there has to be a balance I think people don't need to see this picture perfect life and in fact that can be a bit off-putting but at the same time you know they probably don't need to know about the row that you had with your husband or mm-hmm. you know the fact that you've just shouted at the as the delivery man or whatever a woman so I think there's a balance I think the key thing is it, it all comes back to and this is my thing is like knowing your audience and knowing what they need to hear from you and I think the way a lot of people approach content is it's all about them so it's I like creating this type of content. I like doing it this way. I like this type of content. Mm -hmm. So this is what I'm going to create for my audience. But it's not about you. And that's the key thing. So my background is journalism. So I spent the best part of 20 years writing and editing for newspapers. And if you're working on a newspaper, you can't create content that you like. You have to create content for the readers. And recently in the digital age, it has, you know, you get feedback in real time. Like, are people... Mm -hmm 
actually reading it? How long are they reading it for? Are they commenting? Are they engaging? Are they sharing? So you can get that feedback really, really quickly. So it's about what do your audience most need to hear from you? Most of us are really selfish content consumers. Until we get to know somebody, we don't We're care. We're not interested. Yeah, absolutely. We just want them to give us, you know, for most business owners, the most valuable content that you can share, sort of long form content, it's kind of what we're doing now is, you know, is sharing like useful tips and ideas and things that's going to help people to get a good outcome. And there's other types of content that you can create, but that's a good starting point is to think, well, what questions do people ask me yeah. all the time? And can I create content that answers those questions? That's a little bit longer form. There's other types of content. I don't know if you want me to sort of share different types of content that you could create, but that's usually the best place to start. Like what do people ask me about all the time? What do they need help with? And be a helpful resource. Yeah, And being a helpful resource without being a robot. I think that's really important. And letting people see a snapshot of your life beyond your business. And, and letting people know that you're not perfect as you're creating a personal brand where you do want to come across as professional and kick ass at what you do. So I'm going to just share a little story with you guys. So Janet and I today, it's all kind of come together a little bit. I've got my glasses, not my contact lenses. Janet was like, I've not done my hair. But you know what? When you know what you're talking about and you know your topics, actually nobody cares about that stuff. Yes, you don't want to rock up looking like a dog's dinner, but you don't have to make sure that everything you do is really perfect. I actually, Janet, just before we came on today... I found on my bookshelf a copy of your book. Wow. Your press release is breaking my heart. <laughs> so I think I bought this. I bought this when I was just starting out in the online space. So it would have been end of 2016, early 2017. So that was kind of, I think I found you on Amazon to start with. That's how I came into your world. Mm-hmm. So that clearly is because you had this background in PR. So what's been the journey for you to now really owning this space in kind of building your online business and content marketing? Because you have, I mean, you've got an incredible podcast, one of the UK's leading podcasts in marketing. What brought you to where you are now? So it's quite interesting, especially as I know you said that your audience are often early stage business owners. Mm. It's a useful thing to share. So I was a journalist and I was quite happy well, no, I was a bit, I was getting a bit bored being a journalist <laughs> because although I loved it, it got to the point where like lots of things, it was quite repetitive and people would approach me because I was a specialist, which is really important. I was a specialist in education. So people used to approach me in the space and say, could you do some copywriting for us? Or could you come in and train my team? And often they would say, could you come and train us how to pitch to editors? Or could you train us in writing press releases? I'm not that keen on press releases, but that's a whole other story. But mm-hmm. so that kind of work was really lucrative and it was much better paid than journalism so people are asking me to do this work but how could I actually get people to find me online and to approach me maybe new people so I started this blog where I was just sharing tips on how to pitch to journalists it was basically the questions that people were asking me like how do you pitch to a journalist how do you write a press release what happens if a journalist says no to you and I just started creating all of these blog posts which became that book that book basically was just mm-hmm. that blog those blog posts with a few extra chapters when I worked out the missing bits and people were First of all, they were engaging with it, which was great, my current audience. But then I thought, well, how can I actually get people to find this stuff? So I started to learn about search engine optimization and I started to learn about it. And the truth is, which is why it's relevant probably for new stage business owners, is that I did not want to do this at all. Like if you have any background in journalism or PR, like journalists and PR people are like, they're kind of on opposite side of the fence and they actually call it going over to the dark side. So if you leave journalism and you go into <laughs> the dark side. And I just was sat, sat there getting all these dreadful pitches from PRs and, and thinking like, why don't they understand this stuff that I just instinctively understand? 
So I started to learn about SEO, then I started to learn about email marketing. And this was the work that I, I didn't really want. I didn't really want to be teaching people how to do press releases or to pitch to the media. It wasn't my thing, but this is the crucial thing. People were asking me about it all the time and they were willing to pay me for it and they're willing to pay me like good money for it. So I thought, well, I'll stick with this because this is good. And a lot of the time when new business owners particularly get online, it's kind of getting off the track of content, but it isn't actually, is... They sort of like, this is what I want to teach. This is what I want to tell everyone about. This is what I want to create content about. But actually, if people don't want to pay you for that, like you might want to teach mums how to level up and and be, I don't know, more courageous or whatever. But if no one wants to buy that, Uh, you know. I mean, you couldn't have said a better thing because I came to an event. The first one I came to was maybe two and a half, maybe three years ago. And Mm. my business at the time was Inspiring Mummy Club. But what I'd never, which I thought it'd be brilliant, it would change lives, but never stopped to think, will those people actually want to buy it? And if they Mm. won't buy it, I don't have a business, no matter how good I am or whatever I've got. So it's so true. You've got to look at what people are asking you for. Mm. And, And that's one of the reasons why I've had many transitions in what I've done in a short space of time. So what changes have you seen then in the online space over those, what, we're talking five, six years? Yes, it's been about five years. So what happened with the PR and press stuff is that what I started to realise, which was really interesting, was that everybody wants press coverage because they think, oh, it's really cool. You know, I'm in Cosmopolitan or BBC or Guardian or whatever. But actually, is that delivering you the results that you want? Mm -hmm. And what I was saying with my own content, so I started a podcast to help me reach more people and to you know it was again to to get more people to buy more stuff from me and I realized that actually the content I was creating myself was actually doing better like and I started to feel almost a little bit disingenuous because I was like well I'm telling people to get press and PR but actually I know that the content that you create yourself is often a lot more powerful and you can you've got more control over it you know press coverage you don't have any control if it what they write or when it goes out or anything Yeah. yeah I mean I pitched what I thought you know it's a really good story I did some some research for an awareness day that I did recently and I knew full well that we sent out press release and we did some I knew full well it was just what was going on in the news that day the government made a big announcement I could have got loads of press coverage but it didn't get the attention you probably would have got on a different news day so but whereas with your own content you can control it so much more like you can decide what you're going to publish when you're going to publish you can build your own media publishing house so I started to realize that actually you know being able to get people to your own website rather than worrying about people seeing you in the guardian and Maybe they still don't buy from you, even if you've been in the Guardian or whatever. So I started to realise that your own content was more powerful. So I started to kind of broaden what I was teaching people. And I started to teach people more about content more broadly. And so that started, you know, would be blogging, podcasting. I mean, I'm not I'm not an expert in all of those things at all, but more about the principles behind, behind the mm. content. I started to teach people about social media and social media engagement and email marketing and started to kind of really look at the content sort of more broadly across the across your business. And I realized that that's a far more powerful than, than going after press coverage. So I, I kind of just pivoted. But I guess mm-hmm. my point for new business owners there is that you might have to start out doing something that maybe you don't necessarily want to do because the audience might not be there for courageous mums who want to shine or whatever however much you want them to be there but if there is an audience there of people who need your help Mm-hmm. and will pay like cut your teeth and get out there and start teaching them and you know everybody wants to launch an online course or a membership or whatever and you might have a course or a membership that you want to create but actually do people want to buy it like what do people want to buy what and can can about? you reach yeah. enough people so exactly. that it becomes a profitable business for you and this is one of the mistakes I made years ago is that I was so keen to just get it out there that I didn't stop to do the audience building parts at the beginning because you want the revenue to come through you want the profit but 
But that's not going to happen without reaching the people first. And what we're talking about is with your content, you want to reach more people because more people are stopping to look at your content. More people feel attracted to your content. More people go, oh, I recognize myself in what she said or what she's written. And then there's many more touch points. Mm, Yeah, yeah. So Janet, you now every year create the social media diary. Tell us a little bit about that and how you see that as a tool for people to expand and improve their social media. So the diary, like many things in my business, kind of came about by accident. So as a journalist, you work on, um, you have two types of content you create. One is like off diary content. So one's on diary content. So that's things that are coming up, events and key industry things that are going on or whatever, which you could plan for in advance. And then you've got your breaking news stories, which is your your off diary stuff. Have I done that the way? Yeah. Yeah. You've got on diary and off diary. I hope I haven't said that the wrong way. <laughs> anyway, there's two types. And what I, I noticed is that because I'd worked as a journalist, I felt like I, I just understood content. So I understood what people would be interested and in, what they wouldn't be interested. In, and I understood a really crucial thing, which is timing. Because my editor always used to say to me, like, why do people need to hear about this now? Like, there's mm-hmm. got to be a reason why we run this story today or next week or whatever. But I noticed that a lot of my fellow entrepreneurs, they just didn't get it and they didn't really understand like the importance of timing. But also sometimes they were spending ages creating like content that actually they could have created something in two minutes. So I don't know, even know where I got the idea, but I, I got this idea to create this diary with awareness days and key dates. The idea being that you had like prompts mm-hmm. to help you come up with ideas so we just published the fifth year it's an a4 desk diary it's got key dates and awareness days but it's not just a diary it's a content planning tool so it's got annual quarterly monthly weekly daily planning templates and it has full instructions on on how to use it it's very beautiful that we, we let people choose their covers we have four beautiful covers and that's always the thing people choosing them and it's really developed you know it's got much better over five years as you can imagine because you tweak and, I, and you test and develop yeah. and go on and, that and journey I, yeah and I developed a membership to go with it now so I've got currently got 525 people I think it is they have a membership and an event that goes with it now so it, the whole thing's just kind of organically so we have an event every year content planning event and a membership that goes with it which is great so that's another source of income but it's really about helping people to create content quickly so I mentioned before and it's one really important type of content to create is there's different types of content you need to create to attract different people so a mistake a lot of people make when they get online is they think they can make two social media posts and they can sell out a course or a program mm-hmm. and they miss out the fact is that people need to get to know like and trust you so something like what we're doing now like a podcast or a blog or a YouTube like people will watch those and listen to them over time and gradually then they'll get to the point when they're ready and they'll buy so there's that type of content that you need to create but there's also just kind of like engaging content where people can get to know you so awareness dates are brilliant because you can literally create you can take an awareness day and you can just ask a question and that's a social media post so you know it's chocolate cake day like do you like chocolate (laughs) or it's like mince pie day like I posted something on Twitter I'm not joking I posted something on Twitter the other day (laughs) which was like seriously is there anyone who actually likes mince pies and I got of course yes yeah, 72, 72 replies, like, because I hate mince pies. But often we overthink this thing. And we also think it always has to be about business. But just mm. asking people, I don't know if it's, I'm just trying to think of some, I've got, I've got a diary on my desk. I'm just trying to have a look at some, pull up some dates. But I'm about to like drop a load of stuff as well, I think, from my desk. But, you know, if it's Christmas tree day, have you put your Christmas tree up yet? Often actually just asking questions, which are not about business, just gives you a little prompt. You can create... And they're about real life and real people and how they really... Yeah. So it gives you that opportunity then to create engagement Yeah, because it's yeah. a conversation. Yeah. And the thing about social media, something that people struggle with when they get online, I must get asked this like 
million times a week. So I've just started a Facebook page or an Instagram account and I'm not getting any engagement. What should I do? So what a lot of people do is they just post stuff and then they expect that people are just suddenly going to come out of the woodwork and, and comment on it. And you actually have to work quite hard to almost like the, the algorithm. It's like you have to train it. The way the social media algorithms work is the more people engage with your content, the more people it will be shown to. And it's how it works with your personal Facebook as well, which is why when you write something that really gets people's attention, you'll get suddenly a lot of the world sees it. Suddenly yeah. the world sees it. And it's the same with yours. And in the beginning, like a lot of people don't believe me when I say this. And then there's something else that they say, which I'll tackle in a second. But you have to go out and ask people like, do us a favor, go and comment on that. It's like when a teacher puts their hand, you know, asks a question and no one wants to put their hand up. Like People seeing other people comment encourages other people to comment. Yeah. So you actually have to work hard in the first place to get people to comment. A lot of people say, oh, yes, but then you're building the wrong audience. You know, you're, you're getting your mates or your mum. So obviously, ideally, if you can get your ideal clients to comment, great. You know, that is a better option. But ultimately, you just need something going on there so that your content gets shown to more people. And you have to train the algorithm because if you have one good post, then the algorithm be like, oh, well, you know, what, what Anna posted last time was really good. So we're going to show this to more people. But you have to work really hard on that. So these little questions, like, you know, as we're just looking at January, World Introvert Day. So just asking, you know, would you class yourself as an introvert or an extrovert? That's 10 seconds that takes you to write that. Most people love talking about themselves. They love, you know, sharing their own view on the world. That's a post that's more engaging probably than anything that you could write mm. about your business. So it's about kind of mixing it up with this really useful stuff that helps you grow relationships over time. But also... It doesn't think, have to be heavy. It doesn't have to be heavy. No, no. It doesn't even need to be about your business. If you can get a business angle, brilliant. But actually people soon get bored and tune out if all you're ever doing is talking about your business. So Janet, you're at a stage now where you're kind of everywhere. Is there a platform that you actually prefer that you find the easiest to get engagement on? Well, the thing is, it's changing all the time. So Instagram is my favorite social media platform. But I've noticed a change, you know, it's changing all the time. And I think that the emphasis is shifting now to reels. So Mm. so you have things that you would post on on the grid. It feels like it's more difficult, but that might not be the case. It might be about the the quality. It's often about the quality of your content. But when a, when a new feature comes out on a platform, often there will be more attention on that particular type of thing. So Instagram Reels is one example. But the key thing for me, whatever platform you're on, is connecting emotionally with people. And that might look different for you, depending on what your business is and what it is that you do. So for me... I've worked this out and you have to work it out. You have to post content to find out what your audience want. And that's the other scary bit. A lot of people don't want to, they don't want to test and see what happens. But I've discovered that on Instagram grid, for example, my audience, they just, they want reassurance. They want to feel like they're not the only one that has a bad day. They're not the only person that's ever had a grumpy email from anybody. They want reassurance that they should just keep going and they're going in the right direction. Whereas in other parts of platforms, you know, LinkedIn, the kind of thing I would post on LinkedIn might be slightly different because I think I've got a slightly different audience there. So often it's about testing. And once you think you've cracked it, you think you've cracked a platform and then something will happen or a new feature will come along. Like LinkedIn Live, like when LinkedIn was first out, I had was one of the first people to get LinkedIn Live and the engagement was crazy. Mm. But as soon as everybody had it, you know, that sort of change. And so you've just got to be receptive. And if you find something isn't, you know, it's working really well for you and then suddenly it's not working, you have to be responsive and you have to shift it up and and think, well, what what is going to work and try something different. And what are the benefits to planning your content in advance as opposed to being responsive and would you recommend that you kind of blend the two yeah yeah. so 
If you're not a planner, I just want to reassure I'm you. I'm not a planner. I, I'm, I'm not a planner. Like, so I'm, as a journalist, that's how you get by. You know, you, mm-hmm. you have to be able to create good content and you have to be able to do it right at the last minute. So if you're the kind of person that did your homework at the last minute, journalism is quite good for you because mm-hmm. you can pull it out of the bag at the last minute. It's good. But and there's two types of people. There's three types of people, really. So there's the, the kind of like the people who always talk about doing content and never, ever do it. So that's one group. Then you've got the people who create really quite good content. But this is me, really, who kind of like they always wish that they'd planned it further in advance because it would have been better. And But their content's quite engaging because they're quite, you know, they've got a good grasp on content. Then you've got these like ultra planners. And if you're an ultra planner and you plan too far in advance, you can end up just being really boring because for those mm-hmm. sort of people, like planned and scheduled is better than done. So I think it's a bit of a mixture of the two. So the way that my diary works is I think it's impossible to sit down and plan out a whole year of content. So we almost do it. It's like a camera. So we take, we zoom in closer. So you start off by just looking at your whole year. Like, well, what's going on in your year? A lot of people find this really hard because they're like, well, I don't know what I'm going to be selling in September. Well, you know, that's really important. How can you create content if you've got no idea what you're going to do? And I think think that gets easier the longer you've been in business, the more you understand what products your market want, what they're likely to buy, what their pain points are. It's understanding that audience. But when you're in those early stages, you don't necessarily know. So you're kind of changing all of the time. And things planning that year in advance becomes much easier once you know some of your core product. Exactly. And I think the other thing is, the thing you can always come back to is being a helpful resource. So Mm. regardless of whether you have a product or service, like what, again, what are those things that people are asking you about all the time? Like, what do people keep coming back to? I could probably sit down and come up with 52 ideas like, like now, just thinking about the questions that people ask me. And I think a lot of people overthink it Mm -hmm. and they get really bogged down in it but if you just think like what's that thing that people email you and then draw down into it so for example Anna of an example of a client of yours a typical well, client. for my for, for me a, a typical client is struggling with really how to get themselves out there how to have that consistency actually mm. what do I talk about and how do I find the time to do that if I've got mm. clients and, and would your clients typically be sort of coaches or consultants a lot or, of coaches um, yeah a lot of coaches so the thing with coaching, and I don't know if this is something that you find, is that often the problem starts, this is why my Build Your on- Online Audience program, the very first class is about niching and it's about finding mm-hmm. your thing. Exactly who you're speaking to and what yeah. you're speaking to them about. Because you don't know what it is. And so what a, a lot of coaches, unfortunately, what they're trying to talk about is too broad. So if you can find a very like really tiny little thing, so I'll just give you a few examples. So the guest I've had on my podcast is a lady called Jo Soley, who I think you mm-hmm. probably know as well. She was a general business coach. She combined her love of numerology, which is quite woo-woo, it's not for everybody, with business coaching. And so suddenly she's become really niche and specialist. And that means some people are going to be like, oh, that's a bit weird. I don't want to go there. But for other people, it's great, you know, because it's really niche. It's really recognisable. If you're a coach that deals with relationship, that's very, very wide. But if you can niche down into like divorce or or, mm. or um, you know finding the love of your life, I've got a, a really good example of a client I've been working with this year who was a management consultant, and she was selling uh, trying to sell courses on like how to know your numbers. Well, we all know that's important, but we're probably not going to buy that. Really encouraged her to focus on pricing as one aspect of money and finance. And not only has it, she's selling loads, loads more, but mm. when it, then you just think, okay, what questions do people have about pricing? Like, how do I set my prices? How do I put them up? Is there ever a time when I might take them down? Should I price the same as my competitor? And suddenly you're off. But the problem with content often comes with not having a clear enough. Mm. It's too broad. 
it's scary to do that. And a lot of people think they're going to lose clients, they're going to lose listeners or readers, but actually the opposite is true. If you can own a tiny, tiny little space it's and so just true. it dry, you could be going all year with your content. I can't remember where I heard this, but I was listening to someone on a podcast, of course, talking about it and saying that if you've got an idea that you really want to do, but no, you don't really know how to hook into it. And then you've got a little idea that no one else is really doing or owning. The place you want to monetize first is the one that doesn't have wide competition that you know you can just take and own it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I uh, certainly a lot of the entrepreneurs that and coaches that we see really exploding in the online space are the ones who've gone, this is my domain. This is what I am. And it mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they can't do all the other things and they can't help support people and clients with those things once they're working together. But because they're known for that one thing, it's so much easier to get recommendations, referrals, to go on podcasts, to do videos. You know what you can talk about easily because yeah, you know but- what the problems are. My client, Sally, since she, she focused on was pricing and profit, and that gives her kind of like a, an entry level, but then she, mm. for profit for more experienced business owners, she's being asked to do classes left, right and centre. She's been like, you know, she just came on my podcast. She's been on loads of other podcasts because suddenly people are like, oh, yes, pricing, that's a really good. If you're a general money person, it makes it really difficult. And I can think of clients I've had, for example, who, who like money coaches, and they'll say things like, well, I help you to have a healthier bank account. But well, no one wakes up in the morning and says, I want to have it. Well, we kind of do want that. But what's the real problem? And I think this is the other thing. A lot of people yeah. are afraid to go to the heart of the real problem. The real problem with money is often about debt. So being brave enough to say, I'll help you get out of and debt, um, mm-hmm. you know, or, or being brave enough to specialize in pensions or whatever it might be. But what is that thing that is keeping people up at night? And I think the whole problem with content it starts there. And so I sometimes I've worked with clients who've been putting out blogs every why is no one reading my blog? It's because it's too broad. Mm-hmm. It's not appealing to anybody. But John Ledumas, who you'll know is a podcasting mm-hmm. person, he talks about it as inch wide, mile deep. Um mm-hmm. so what's that topic where you could just, you know, just go zoom so closely and often the other thing as well is that your niche will find you rather mm-hmm. than you so I resisted the PR and press thing because yeah. I didn't want to do it but it kept tapping me on the shoulder same and I mean my best performing blog post is actually about how to launch your own planner so look at what's you know what's happened for you and your business as a result of that yeah look at look at what what what's the thing that you know is there a blog post that you've done or a particular post that you've done that people mm-hmm. have really jumped on that's what you need to pay attention to and it's yeah. really interesting what are the things people are coming to you and naturally asking with mm-hmm. asking you about so for me people were always saying about asking me about audio because it's something I know like the back of my hand but I resisted it because there's so many other things I kind of want to bring to the world mm-hmm. but as soon as I decide right I'm going to walk that track well everyone knows what to come to me for mm-hmm. and, and then you can kind of widen from there so I think I think one of the things I'd like listeners to take from this is don't be afraid to go narrow so that you can actually once you've nailed that once you've built that business you can widen out again yeah. And I think the other thing is you can angle. So, you know, podcasting is a sort of narrow niche in a sense, but you could go deeper on that still. You could go in, you know, you could just go on to one aspect of it, couldn't you? Yeah, you know, big things you ahead know. in 2021. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but also you can apply that, you know, my friends who run the membership guys, that like they have a, a yeah. membership about running memberships. And 
I had Carrie, one of the founders on my podcast, and she was saying like, the thing is, if you want to talk about email marketing, you can still talk about email marketing. You just make it, you just make it relevant to memberships. If you want to talk mm. about blogging, you just make it, re- you know, yeah. so you can still get to talk often about the things that you want to talk about. It's just that you just need to bring it back to that key yeah, topic sure. again and again, and it will just make your life so much easier in so many ways. So Janet, I'm going to make sure that we get the links for you for the social media planner. What would be the best way for people to connect with you if they wanted to after this interview? So the best way is via my website, which is janetmurray.co.uk and on social media, Instagram. Um, so at janetmurrayuk. Most of my clients start with my podcast. So yeah. But it's been the Janet Murray show. I just changed the name, actually, causing myself all kinds of problems, but I've sorted it out now. But it's, it's, it's a Build Your Online Audience podcast with Janet Murray. And we look at all different aspects of Yeah, it's a marketing. fabulous show. Social media, we do that a lot. Yeah. I often listen in the shower, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's That's so what would, your, what would your advice be then to Janet for someone who is just thinking, how am I going to get out there and create more content that gives me more, more visibility? What would be your advice to get started? So first of all, just think about like, who's your audience? Who do you want to speak to? And what do you need to say to them? And what is it they need to hear from you? It's not about what you want to say. What do they need to hear from you? So it's back to that list of what are people asking me about all the time? What do they want to know about? And the more niche you can be with that, the better. And the other thing is it's, you have to get vulnerable, not in the sense of sharing, airing your dirty washing, but be willing to fail. And mm-hmm. what's the worst thing that can happen? You, you post something. I still post things that bomb all the time. Like, and I just take the learning and I go and try something else. And then I, you have to be brave enough if you don't put any content out there. It's like running. So I were a runner and one of my running coaches said like, the only way to run faster is to run faster. The only way to get good at content is to, to put content, content out there. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes you'll be really surprised by the stuff that resonates and that will tell you where you need to mm-hmm. go. But if you're sat at home thinking about publishing content and not actually doing it, then you're still going to be in the same place. Yeah, get on and do it, people. Stop hiding and get out there. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show today, Janet. I'm sure lots of you have taken all sorts from today. And check out in the show notes later, there's going to be the link to Janet's social media diary for 2021. Thank you for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.